Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, guys. Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to the Speaking Podcast. Now, as I have said to you over the past few months, we love to have a little light banter on the Speaking Podcast, but given the state of the world and the country and what is going on, I've had to include some more serious interviews with serious people who are out and about in the world and looking at the crisis that has evolved in our culture and doing something about it. Joining me today, uh, an actress that I'm sure you're familiar with. Her name is Lee Allen Baker. You may know her from Charmed, from Will and Grace. She's done a million things over the past few decades. And uh, I noticed that her action on social media as one of the lone voices in Hollywood saying, hold on a minute, we haven't lost our critical thinking, we haven't lost our minds, there are some facts here that we should really be discussing before we all run toward a lockdown and toward a vaccine that has developed over just a few weeks. So joining me now, Lee Allen Baker. Lee Allen, welcome to the Speaking Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. Uh, I, you know, I was telling you that uh, social media is such a toxic environment, right? And and the minute you are an outlier, the minute you move even an inch on the other direction when it comes to the groupthink in our culture, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's on a gender conversation, on a religious conversation, you know, the latest thing just happens to be about coronavirus. So let, let's back up to the beginning first. What got you involved in in some of the uh, the outspoken advocacy that you've had over the past few months as the country has endured this uh, outrageous lockdown? So um, I kind of like walked into it, honestly. I was filming a movie in Oklahoma. It's a movie that I had been cast to do before uh, COVID hit and it had to be postponed. And it just so happened that the movie that I was cast in was going to be shooting in Oklahoma, which is one of the first states to reopen. And it was going to be on in one kind of environment where we were all kind of together for the whole time. So it was like a really safe thing to go ahead and, and do, yeah. you know? And so, um, my union tried to stop me from doing that. And uh, I just did, I'm not a person who likes my freedoms and my constitutional rights and my God-given rights to be taken away because of somebody's political agenda. You know, it dawned on me that they were going against any like legal recommendation. They were going against medical recommendations. Like how does a Screen Actors Guild become my doctor, judge, jury, and parent all of a sudden? You know, they're going to stop me from feeding my kids and taking care of my kids' medical needs, you know, and earning a living for my family because they have a preference in who they want to be president of the United States and a political agenda that they want to pursue. I didn't vote for that. So I'm not playing that game. 
So uh, how did it how did it come to you? I mean, I, we've heard horror stories with the Screen Actors Guild, and so many actors are now trying to work around them just to just to put food on the table. If you had said they've made the rules so onerous that it's almost impossible to do so many small projects that are out there, uh, small, medium, even the big ones with the with the over testing and the quarantines and the isolation uh, and the rules on how you can even interact on set. Uh, what? How do they explain this to the actors that they are keeping out of work? I mean, it's been nine months now, and so many people in the entertainment business literally haven't had a paycheck in more than a half a year. They were using the same strategy that Hitler used and that our government is using right now, which is it's for your safety. You know, so I didn't have the right to sign off on my own health to say, you know, it's okay. I totally know that there's a virus out there, and if I get it, I'm good with it, and you know, I'll take responsibility for my own health. They were not okay with me taking responsibility for my health. They wanted to be in charge of my health. And it's just like the way, if, if, if even now, the only production companies that can afford to, you know, um, acquiesce to all of their very expensive demands are ones that are very high budget productions. So it's just like, you know, they let you go to Walmart, they let you go to the big, big stores, but they won't let you go to the small mom and pop stores. They force them to close down. It's like they're wanting to kill the middle class. It's the same thing in the industry. They, they are wanting to shut down the films that are not the big, big budget ones or the productions. And that's, that's the, sorry, that's the realm where I work the most. So I was not going to, to lay down and just So let what it. happened to you? I mean, what, what has the reaction been with your co-stars, your colleagues, other Screen Actors Guild members, um, uh, you know, p- people that you've starred with and worked with over the past couple of decades? Well, you know, the reaction started really for me, what really kind of pushed me to be vocal was that where I was filming this movie had no cell reception. I just wasn't able to get to my phone to find out what was going on. And when I drove back, um, I started looking at Twitter one night and I there was a post of Joe Biden with a mask and it just said, wear a mask. And I was like, that's not law. You know, it's a overreaching <laughs> suggestion, but you know, you do you, whatever. Well, apparently this tweet that I made very like, unknowingly that I didn't even know there was like a mask scandal going on. It just seemed ridiculous to me that you would mandate people to wear a mask for a virus that can clearly go through it, that this mask isn't going to do any good scientifically to stop. Um, So when I, and I also just stated a fact of it's, it's not law. um, Right. Which is sorry, it's not. You know, it may be a mandate, but that's. I find it amazing that they that they've ignored all the science. I mean, it it was literally. I you know, I I posted the Great Barrington Declaration where. Literally 50,000 doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, infectious disease specialists uh, talked about the how absurd it is to have this isolation, the lockdown, how we need to open up. We need to do, uh, you know, selective protection and, and protect vulnerable people. But that can be done without locking down healthy society. Right. Uh, but study after study, British Medical Journal. I mean, you can look. There are so uh, primary doctor medical journal, literally dozens out there uh, going back 10 years showing that. The surgical mask, even, which is designed to protect medical professionals and their patients in a closed setting so that the doc doesn't sneeze into the open cavity of a patient or the patient doesn't uh, spatter blood on the doc's face. Like, it's so obvious why they wear a mask. Anybody that's ever worked with masks, if you've done woodworking or anything else, you know that even with that mask, 
you'll be spitting up brown for at least a couple hours after you work it because it, it doesn't stop. It, you know, it's funny, uh, Leon, the, uh, the CDC even came out and they said during the California wildfires, they warned people like the mask isn't going to protect you from the smoke particles. Right. Of course, the smoke particles, right, they, they're like, like they're bigger than Wait. coronavirus. But anyway, I, I, back to that tweet. So you sent this tweet out, and what happened? The uh, the gates of hell opened? Oh, yeah. I get a call. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're trending to number two on Twitter. I'm like, what? how? What are you talking about? Right. Uh, and then all of a sudden I look, and I've got a group of people that hate me, want to kill me, want me raped and beaten and run over, and my kid's dead. Yeah, and And then I've got a group of people that are like, you're this amazing hero. We can't believe you're the only one in Hollywood speaking up. And I'm sitting there yeah. literally thinking, what just happened you know what is going on and again like i didn't i didn't dawn on me that there would be this big issue over a mask to me it seemed like well if it makes you feel better you want to wear one go ahead but there's no scientific evidence behind it fauci's even come out and said it doesn't do anything that make people feel better you know so I just didn't understand why people really weren't using critical thinking to not follow a narrative that they're told but to actually think about it and also when you have when it comes to like a drug like hydroxychloroquine which is the other forbidden word or right you can't say that you can't say that a, a benign let me just tell you this they were like it kills kids it kills people i was like does it i go online and i you know put into my little duck duck go you know hydroxychloroquine for kids that's what i searched and up pops this gorgeous color printout PDF front back from the CDC on their website that says it is so safe for everybody. It's safe for um, people, children, nursing mothers and pregnant women. Yep. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? And I'm not a proponent of even like go take hydroxychloroquine. I'm a proponent of, you know, let your immune system do the best you can. If you need help, hopefully it's there. Um, I take a more reasonable approach, I think, than just running out and grabbing a pill even. Um, but the way that it was so censored and cut off and no one could speak about it and that medication became withheld from the public, it became like criminal. Well, I mean, and, and now they're coming out and admitting that it actually is effective in in reducing symptoms and helping you get over coronavirus yes. and COVID-19. So my question to the world Great. is why? Like, yeah. why don't you ask questions? Why aren't people going, wait a second, they threw a fit over hydroxychloroquine, they censored it, they stopped people from looking at it and getting it, and now they're saying it's okay? Hmm, what's wrong with this situation? Instead, a lot of people are just going, oh, okay, so now it's okay, but it wasn't then. It's because they don't know. They just don't know. They're, they're all learning about this virus. It's just, it's a new virus. Look, coronavirus has been around forever. Viruses behave in a certain way, whether this is a stronger one, a weaker one, whatever. This is how viruses behave. So it's not like all of a sudden no medical doctor knows what to do about a virus. Right. And not only that, they've been talking about it for years. And I think the, the word novel scared the hell out of everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it spread like wildfire scared them. And then you start to look at it. One of the most telling facts that I read was that coronavirus causes about 20% of the colds that Americans yeah. get every single year. It is the number one virus listed on the Lysol can. Uh, you know, maybe they've changed it now. I don't know. Uh, you know, but but that before we even really knew what was happening. Let me ask you: Do, do you think there, there's something bigger at play here culturally? I, I have my um, one of my uh, friends, and and uh, he's a writer for our production company, Jay Black. 
he uh, you know, he's a friend of mine, but he's scared to death. And when when I try to talk to him about you know coming out of his house, and he's younger than me, but he's scared to death, and he's got his entire life focused on the vaccine making sure that he's never going to get sick with this. And then after the world shuts down again and everybody's forced to take the vaccine, we're all going to come out and be fine. And I can't seem to get through to him uh, and a lot of people who are scared that life is full of risk. Life is dangerous. Viruses are around. Most people, I mean, certainly anybody under the age of 50 uh, has almost nothing to worry about with coronavirus. And even those who are older, the, the average uh, age, the range is between 79 and 82, and the expected age of mortality in America is 78. What do you say to your friends, family members, I mean, I've got family members, honestly, Leon, that don't talk to me right now, uh, because they can't believe I've taken this hard stance against lockdowns, against masks, uh, for critical thinking, and, and treating this like we treat every flu every single year, protect the vulnerable, do better there, and move forward. What do you say to people? that vehemently disagree with you and literally think you're killing people. Yeah, they, they think that was a great one that I got. I got a I got a, a post on Facebook when I when I posted that the CDC showed that the numbers weren't as bad, nearly as bad as they thought they were going to be. She said that my misinformation was killing the people she loved. And I responded, well, well, you know, the lockdowns are killing the people that you don't love. Clearly, you know, people need to go to work. They need to feed their children. When, when I compare it to a flu, people think that I'm being very uh, cavalier about a coronavirus. Listen, people die of the flu. People die with the flu. You know, people get very sick, you know. But when someone says to me, my aunt died of coronavirus, you're so insensitive. I say to them, hey, my aunt died in a car accident. Doesn't mean I don't think you should get in a car and drive. Right. You know, there are risks yeah. to life. But when you look at the overall death toll in the world this year compared to others, it's on the same playing field as the last five years, with an exception of 2017, which had a very high death, which had a much higher death rate because of a serious flu. Here's my main concern. If you put your faith of your health in the hands of government, not even like medical professionals, because there are medical professionals who are saying, like, we should be back to work. This is not what people are saying it is. But when you put that in the hands of the government, where they are making billions of dollars for a vaccine that has absolutely no liability for the manufacturers and the makers, that only profits them, they don't even pay for the advertising, the distribution. Taxpayers pay for all that. They don't mm -hmm. pay for any of it. And they're not held liable for any damage that's being done, done to people. And it is going to be done to people. You don't have to take my word for it. You can listen to Bill Gates. He'll tell you. They will tell you people are going to be damaged by this. Mm -hmm. You have no legal recourse. All for a virus with a 99.9% .9 chance of survival. Like, is that worth it to you? You know, I'm glad you said that. I used the example yesterday that if you're under the age of 20, uh, you know, 19 and under, school-age kids, young kids, that if a thousand, I'm sorry, if 10,000 kids got it, only three would die out of 10,000. Yeah. And then if you take it to the other end of the spectrum, um, 75 and older, out of a thousand, 54 people would die. But of those, 94% would have at least two, if not three, comorbidities, meaning 
only three out of a thousand healthy people would be impacted. And, and the World Health Organization said that's right in line with the flu. They came out and said it's about 0.13 compared to the flu, 0.11. So how do you overcome it? Like, I, I'm so happy to talk to you because you're normal. And I, I find like the, the calls I get on my show in the morning, the tweets that I get, I, I found myself reporting uh, people to Twitter because they report us all the time right. saying, you know, hey, this one is saying some things that are pretty wild and untrue. Uh, why is that not flagged? How do you how do you combat it, especially given I mean, I'm in New Jersey, so I feel like I'm behind enemy lines in New Jersey. You're in California. You are certainly behind enemy lines. How do you oh, I do am not in California. I will oh, not in California. I moved out. I moved to a red state. Oh, good for you. All right. So you are in a red state now. So that feels a little better, right? Yes. I, but, but how do you I, deal I with was, it culturally? It feels a little better, but you know. Not great. I know. We won't disclose where you are. Yeah. But I will say, you know, this, 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 I think of this as warfare against the American people, you know. Um, the CDC, let's be honest, once you start letting them have governance over this and you no longer have um, full control over what goes into your body and you're, you give that government the right to dictate that, you're never going to get that right back. And just to let everybody know, there's over 250 vaccines in the works right now. I mean, they give our kids 72 vaccines. That's yeah. not going to stop. At some point, whether you have had a, or a more sensitive person have had a reaction or not, at some point, it's going to be too many. Yeah. What do you do to stop it? Uh, you know, I, I fight every day. I, I had a, an argument, not an argument, but I, I've had friends that literally have not talked to me now in months. And one of, it, one of the reasons was I took a hardline stance on the mask. So I do not wear a mask. Now, I'm also not looking for a fight. I don't go into ShopRite anymore. I, what I do is I order online with Wegmans. I've gotten kind of accustomed to that. I, now you're looking at my home studio, and I've been attacked for working at home. But the reason I work at home now is I refuse to comply with the corporate nonsense of putting a mask on. So I'm at my mic, no mask. The minute I turn around, I got to put a mask on to go to the restroom or get a cup of coffee. So I'm not doing that. So I'm blessed that I can uh, relocate and say, okay, I can broadcast from home. A lot of people can't. But when I took the stand on the mask, my position was that is a symbol of submission and compliance to ignorance and government decisions over your body. So I refuse to do it. I've had to wear it twice. My son plays football and had a concussion and that they wouldn't let, he's 17, so they wouldn't let him in without a parent and they wouldn't let me in without a mask. But I'll right. tell you, Leon, I put the mask on under my nose and I learned two things. One, I've got an enormous nose. <laughs> ridiculous. And two, the medical professionals didn't care. No one said anything when I was in the back room. And it tells me they know. So, yes. so how do you draw your confidence? Because we know every that, day we we're know that they know. This is, this is what upsets me about people. So the reason no. my stance on the mask is this. My stance on the mask is I have vaccine injured children. People say vaccinate your fucking kids to me all the time. Uh, right. I did. Didn't work out for us. Going to be paying for the rest of our lives for that mistake. Okay. I'm not saying every kid has that. Mine do. We're not getting this ever. Okay. To me, putting that mask on says, okay, you've got me on this lockstep. And this is just a step to the next thing, which is forcing me to take a vaccine. And I will not be forced to do anything. I, I love it. I, I love your courage and your strength. What, um, 
what do you think is next for you? I mean, you, you've got a public forum now. Do you, do you think that there's uh, an office run in your future? Um, I would love to because, I mean, at first I was like, who would ever do that? But at the same time, it's like somebody who is able to think logically has got to step out and do something about this. I mean, they're running away with our country. Everybody's in bed with everybody else. You got China, you got Russia, you got Iran, you got deals going. Like our government is like the mafia, right? And if you're not on their team, like you're going down. Like I think, I'm, in my opinion, the government works for us, the people. We don't work for them. And they don't get to control us and make decisions for us. That's how I feel about this whole sham. Yeah, it's it's like uh, there's a line drawn, and I was mentioning um, uh, Jay, and and you know we had this conversation where he literally said he'd be more comfortable in the role of someone in a pod in the Matrix, you know, let somebody else just make you feel good and that's it. And I said, Jay, you know, enjoyment in life actually only comes after you've overcome some adversity. There's something to be said for the hard work and then the weekend. There's something to be said for the sacrifice and then the triumph. And, and I think it's really divided Americans into two camps. Those of us that think critically, that believe it's my choice to take a risk. And I take a risk every time I drive outside. I mean, even going to the doctor, you're taking a risk on Jersey roads for sure. Right. So, right. And, and I, I think that that line is there. And I wonder, do you have the confidence that the country has the resilience and enough of us who are normal and critical thinkers to actually get past this? Or are we at a point now where we're so divided that, um, and I don't want to, I, I don't know where this goes, but, you know, do we never get some of this back? So, I mean, it's my greatest hope that people, like, when I go to bed at night, I don't sit there and think, oh, I want everybody to see that I'm right or this. What my prayers are always is that, like, I just want everybody to see the truth, myself included. Like, you know, we get lied to a lot by the media and it's all by, you can, all you've got to do is follow the money trail and you can see who's controlling a narrative every time. So do a little bit of research and I'm hopeful that mankind will wake up. I mean, I have to be. Look at the, before COVID, um, I was in the 3% who spoke, you know, who knew the dirty secret of, the other side of vaccines. And now there's like 50% of the country that isn't going to play this game. They're like, oh, I'm not taking a warp speed shot for something that might. Well, game. you know, it's funny you say that. And, and I, you know, I support president Trump and I, I have for, for a long time, I had him on the show. He was great. He said very similar to what you said uh, to me on the morning show when he, he said, look, you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. You don't want to wear it. This is still America. Uh, sadly, I think we needed more than that from him because, um, you know, he he didn't point out the dangers. I actually think that's what cost him the election as much as the fraud and everything, all the right. shenanigans. Uh, this should have been an overwhelming blowout. It shouldn't have been close enough to steal it in some of these other states. But but that said, um, you know, warp speed, you said it. The, 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 the problem I think Republicans have is that they bought into the health crisis. Whereas I never bought into the health crisis. We have a flu every year. If you look at Time Magazine back to 2018, you talked about the flu season, 2017, 2018, there were tents set up outside of hospitals because they were overwhelmed. Happened in Italy, happened in America. So That's we've right. been through this before without masks, without a shutdown, and we then got out of it. I'll never forget Dr. Daniel Murphy, um, who was the head of emergency medicine at St. Barnabas in the Bronx, 
one of the hardest hit spots in the world on April 29th. Now we're literally coming right at the height of this. He wrote for a, a letter to the New York Post, New York Post published this saying it's time to open. This pandemic had a natural decline back on April 7th when the discharges, deaths and transfers outnumbered the admissions. He said, look, our goal was to not overwhelm the medical system. We didn't do that. But the game kept changing. The goalpost kept moving. So I, I would encourage you um, not only to run for office, but, uh, you know, you're going to get that following is going to continue to grow. There aren't many courageous people like you in the entertainment world, for sure. Hmm. I just um, I, I'm I I feel very strong. Like I love my job. I, I I mean, it's been a dream to do what I do. It's a passion of mine, but um, it's not who I am. And if there are consequences of me not working in that industry to, to speak truthfully about what's going on and the crimes against humanity going on with this whole thing, then I'm going to do it. I just feel very strongly that I'm not going to be on the wrong side of that. And I'll tell you another thing about my personality is that I cannot be bought. There is just not enough money to buy me. I just don't care that much about it. Um, wow. I grew up in a, a, a you know, and for the family, and my mother was from a family that did not have any money, and I had more fun with that family and my cousins. And I realized money doesn't buy you happiness as much as it can afford you a lot of comfort. It doesn't buy you happiness, and so I can't be bought, and I can't be shut up or muzzled or intimidated. I'm not, I'm, I mean, if you get up and tell me I can't say something, I'm going to say it. You You're know? probably more likely to say it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to say it. How what concerns me the most about this is that as their narrative changes, and people, instead of thinking, huh, that's suspicious, you know, like they see Nancy Pelosi go to a hairdresser. She's there amongst a lot of other people. She doesn't wear a mask. It, it bothers me that people and there the big fight becomes she said you have to wear a mask and she's not wearing it. She's a hypocrite, you know, and then, oh, no, she's not. They set her up. I want to know why someone's not going. Uh, why does Nancy Pelosi feel safe enough to not wear a mask? <laughs> right. Well, right. Kevin Newsom goes to dinner and spends fifteen thousand dollars of our tax paying money. Right. I deal with that industry reps um and no one has a mask on instead of this like oh he at least admitted he was wrong or everybody makes mistakes why don't we all go hey what does he know that we don't know that he feels safe enough like if this were a true emergency pandemic these people wouldn't be leaving their homes let alone flying all over the place going to restaurants living life as norman and not wearing the mask that you're told by them works and clearly doesn't right uh it's same with the black lives matter protests the biden celebration rallies all the politicians locking us down who was it the uh mayor of austin gave the lockdown order from his hotel in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. I mean, come on, you can't make it up, right? You really can't. Uh, just on a personal note, what um, what was what was a, a what drove you into acting? How'd you get there? Um, I didn't think I was really good at anything else. My mom always says I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. And um, I don't know why. I just always kind of knew that's what I was supposed to do or meant to do. I always had a drive for it. And um, I don't know why, because sometimes I get very nervous and shy. I don't. And but yet when I'm, you know, 
doing a role or something and that kind of goes out the window for me and I just have fun and it's a very creative outlet and I do get so much joy from making people laugh and finding the humor in life um but there comes a point to where I'm just not going to be a sellout I'm not going to shut my mouth and not speak my truth so that people will follow me. If you don't want to follow me, you're free not to. And this is how I honestly feel about the vaccine too. I want people to hear me when I say this. Um, I believe in our freedoms in this country. And although taking this vaccine is a hard no for me and my family, I will fight for your right to take it if that's what you choose to do, because you should have the choice because this is a free country and you should be allowed to make that choice. Couldn't have said that better myself. Love it. Hey, what, uh, what projects do you have coming up where people can see you? Uh, so I did two films during the pandemic um, and went across five different states and worked with numerous people and had a wonderful time doing it. I, I, there is so much life to be lived. You know, people that are sitting in their homes and have been sitting there in California all this time, my heart breaks for them. I really do feel that they have Stockholm syndrome because they are so brainwashed and afraid by all the fake news that they're seeing. I hate to use that term because it's so overused, yeah. but it is, it's, it's, it's telling one side of a narrative and not the reality of life. If you step outside, you would see that the world is actually functioning, you know, but they are, you know, Stockholm syndrome is basically, it's a psychological syndrome to where you do to yourself what you would never even allow an enemy to force upon you. And they've used this fear really to do it. So people sit at home and I just think over the last seven months, the life that I have lived has been so precious and so fun. I did a movie called Family Camp that will, is supposed to be out in March. Um, Family Camp? Family Camp. Oh, Camp, yeah. And then I just did another film called uh, Christmas in the Pines that will be out next Christmas. And um, there's life to be lived. And uh, I feel that it's my right to live my life the way I want to live it. And I think that two of the biggest crimes or the biggest, I don't know, fraudulent things that everybody has said is one that you're contagious to people when you have absolutely no symptoms of being right. sick. That's been so debunked and it's, it's maddening to me that that is still discussed. And uh, you saw how they shut down that woman who was heading up the coronavirus task force at the world health organization. She said it and referenced a couple of credible studies. Never heard from her again. Never heard it. from her again. No. Yeah. You no. can't say that science is settled and you can't say that, um, you know, because science, baby, when you're not allowing both sides of the science to be discussed, that's just called a narrative. That's called a, a, a false religion or whatever you want to say it is that you're bowing down to. It's not science. It is not science when you give people a test that they even admit really only tests for the common cold. And they're, once you test positive for it, they're saying you have COVID. Doesn't right. mean you have COVID. Well, and, and it just, I, it's amazing to me that they tried to make it so complicated, but I, I think you don't even have to be a scientist to understand the more cycles they use to test your sample, the less of the disease you actually have. In many cases, uh, it could be a dead virus, which is not a threat to anyone. 
Um, and the FDA, for some incredible reason, is talking about a 40-cycle test, which even the, the, the guy who created the test, who's passed away uh, in yeah. the last year, said as much. You can't use this test this way. It's not accurate. Incredible. Correct. Incredible. Well, uh, Leon, you, uh, you are a breath of fresh air. I am so happy to meet you and talk to you and promote what you're doing because I think when, when it comes down to it, those of us who are normal and critical thinkers and able to have a conversation need to stick together. I do truly believe there are brighter days ahead and there are more of us, um, but uh, the establishment, whether it's social media or the government or whoever has an interest, the big pharma companies, big medicine, uh, they've got an interest in keeping this as a one-sided argument. So really I, will, I mean, if people yeah. would just ask themselves, like, what does a pharmaceutical company have to benefit from a vaccine? And what do I have, have to benefit by saying, yeah, we were injured. It wasn't safe for us. I get nothing out of that. Let me just tell you, I get nothing but a big pain in the ass and a big headache out of sharing my story. Right. I get death threats out of it. Yeah. You know, um, I get a, a loss of jobs, loss of finances out of it, but they get a huge gain from it. Not only that, they make a huge living off of keeping people sick. So if you think that the billions of dollars that they make in vaccines is a lot, it doesn't even compare to what they make from making you sick with them. You know, it's incredible, too. And, and this, uh, they keep calling it the vaccine, right? But it's nobody calls the flu shot a vaccine. They call it a flu shot because it's on the last year strain. It's about 30% effective and you got to have it every year. I suspect they just weren't making enough money on the flu shot because only 40% of American adults take it. And they're like, well, what if we scared the crap out of, out of everybody on this one? They'll all line up. But it seems to me that it's very mixed. It's about half and half, even in New Jersey. 74% of people who, who were positive with coronavirus, sick or not, refused to cooperate with contact tracers because that's the next level of civil liberties infringement that can cost people their jobs, their family, their livelihood. Uh, very disgusting. I, I have told people, um, you know, there's no way that I would comply with that. But for me, okay. I, I'm also not testing because I, did you see Elon Musk tested, tested four times, two yeah. positive, two negative, same day. Nuts. Like None of this makes sense. And it all goes back to when you think about the Holocaust, how did they convince smart, right thinking people that an entire society and religion of people were diseased and could harm them and kill them and needed to be taken away? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is how they did it. They did it's it like amazing this. you say that. People attack me for making that leap. And I say, you know, when you're comparing it, you're comparing the tactics of big government and how that they convince. Right, it's the herd the mentality. That's the, the big government control and right. the propaganda and the lies being told yeah. of what I do hurts you. So if you think masks and vaccines work, you know, then you can go ahead and do that. But the the medical, the pharmaceutical industry is smarter than that. They know that you've really got to pit two people against each other, right? So what you've got to do is say that me not doing it is going to hurt you. That's what they have to do. So me not wearing a mask is right. really going to hurt you. And so then, therefore, that person hates me and fears me and thinks I'm the devil. Okay, but if vaccines work too, then, then by definition, I shouldn't have to take it and you can take it. Oh, no, no, no. Now everybody has to take it. 
for it to help that person. And I'm really sick of the narrative too. If even one person dies of COVID, it's one too many. I get that. It's no, I am a compassionate, loving person. I don't want anybody to die from this virus or of anything else, you know, but if one person dies from vaccine, you know, it's for the greater good. Yeah. Isn't that scary? Horrifying. In, in every government mandate, if they could save one life, save one child, that's how they justify gun control, mandated vaccines, all of it. But you're right. On the other side, right. that one life was, well, that was the sacrifice because it's the greater good. You are 100% spot on with that. Well, uh, Leon, let's uh, let's definitely uh, do this again. I'd love to have you back on. I'm out of time now, but I, I'd love to have you back on. And, and I meant that as a very serious question to you as far as a political future. I think there are People that, you know, the founders talked about that citizen uh, soldier. We talked about the, the citizen uh, legislator, the idea that people that never thought about politics before should say, you know what, maybe I just got to put the career on hold for 10 minutes and go and see if I can do some good. And I think if more people like you step up in those roles, we will have a better country and a better future. And uh, hopefully people are going to come out of this COVID-induced fog. And, yes. uh, and we'll get back on the right track. But but thank you. Thanks for your courage. Thanks for continuing the fight. And I will certainly see you on social media probably as soon as tonight. And yes. <laughs> and, and the fight continues. And we'll, uh, we'll have you back on for sure. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Leon. You take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.